rebate on income tax that we are giving to hotels, restaurants, educational institutions, and companies like yours, Evans, that are in entertainment, arts, and related areas, travel and tours, etc., is not negligible. Because now is the time that you need to support these areas. You need to support the, uh, the public transport system that has also struggled because of the initial social distancing, etc., that you imposed on them. Now is the time to support them. Now is the time, as I mentioned, to introduce a stimulus program that allows you to spend money on the um, sectors that bring growth, the real sector areas that bring growth and jobs and incomes. Remember, and I too agree with me, that whenever you decide to fiscally consolidate, the risk is that you are going to now go into an austerity uh, place. But even while you are doing austerity, you have to ensure that the sectors of the economy that require investment, infrastructure, agriculture, industry, are given the necessary stimulus to rebound. Now, that takes me to this $100 billion or program. First of all, it's not one year. I heard some of our colleagues saying that it's impossible to find the money in one year and spend it. I mean, our total expenditure, our total appropriation for last year was about $100 billion. It would be insane to pretend that we're going to spend... 200 billion this year. That's not true. It's a medium-term program that, among other things, focuses on ensuring that the problem he's talking about, which is limited infrastructure investment uh, or expenditure in infrastructure, limited investment in some of those real sector areas, is cured to ensure that uh, growth uh, rebounds as quickly as we want it. Now, another thing he mentions, he says there's something like a ball attack. We actually like the name that they are giving to it because it brings all of us the branding that they are giving to it brings all of us to the realization that cleaning up our rubbish is not going to be for free. Ensuring that we have sanitary conditions all over the country where uh, waste disposal sites are dealt with, medical waste is dealt with, um, you know, landfill sites are properly dealt with, where the kind of rubbish that we see in town that we complain that the president said Accra will become the cleanest city has not happened yet. The name they have given to it reminds all of us that actually it has to be paid for for it to happen. Because, Evans, we cannot... Just use debt financing to solve these problems. Our debt is at a level where we cannot necessarily go beyond that. Let's be honest. 11% deficit, 70-something percent debt to GDP ratio, nominal city denominated debt of 290. You can't borrow your way out of your problems. And so you need to touch the revenue handles. Now, for example, in the financial services, what is being taxed is not necessarily um, a service. This is profit before tax. And it will be, I mean, it's like corporate tax, more or less. It's like corporate tax one level below. It will be strange for anybody to argue that the corporate tax is then passed on back into the value chain because it is after your costs have been incurred and you have made profit that that tax is appropriated before, um, um, what we call, before, before the tax is paid. On the matter of contractors, the point should be made that commitment is not equal to arrears. I agree with him when he says about 40 billion. The numbers I've seen, maybe 36 to 40 billion, but that is not arrears. That's commitment. And if you look at arrears clearance that has been programmed, you have to do two things. One, how do you pay a part of it within this fiscal year without throwing the books out of gear? And two, how do you ring fence the rest? And so you notice that in this budget, cabinet has approved a clear a commitment framework. When I told the deputy finance minister, my good friend said Tekwe was minister, they tried it, the contracting framework, etc. They were not very successful. But what we have done is to put that in place so that we ring fence the propensity for um, commitments to grow. Because else you can clear all the areas you will clear, but commitments will now create some new um, areas. Now, specifically, if we understand that we are at a point where a lot of the gains that were made between 2017 and 2020 in building a strong macro foundation, it's at risk 
among other things, particularly because of COVID, then we all can agree that we need to raise 10 pesos extra on um, ESLA, 10% extra on petroleum, 1% on um, um, NHIL, so that we can address these challenges. In conclusion, the most important thing, Evans, the most important thing is that one, you don't overburden the population when you are doing this. And if you look at some of the rates that are being proposed, 10 pesos, 1%, etc., with the greatest of respect, the government is mindful and is sensitive to ensure that we do not overburden the population. That is one. But then two, even more importantly, is to ensure that the monies that are being taken in the name of and on behalf of the people of Ghana are put to the uses that are being advertised. And I think that all of us, young economists, people who are following economic planning and development, must also push that argument that, okay, we all understand that we are at a point where more resources need to be raised, the bleeding needs to stop, we need to get back on the right path. But where our effort should go is to ensure that the money is put to the uses for which it is advertised. I mean, keeping them honest, you remember in 2016, in the campaign up to the uh, campaign, you actually ran a campaign on from taxation to growth. It was a, a central plank of, of your campaign. From taxation to productivity. Productivity. Uh, thank you very much. Which was a central theme then, and because you believed, and Dr. Baumia was very critical of Atoforsing and Co., criticizing them that, in fact, words, phrases were used like, anybody can increase taxes, it's a lazy man's approach to dealing with economic challenges. Between 2016, when you say from taxation to productivity, what has changed? You're back to using taxation as a primary means of economic revival and fixing challenges in the economy. So you would realize that nobody has said that taxation generally is evil. Nobody has said that. What was said was that there were some taxes that were nuisance taxes. The value they were yielding for the republic as compared to the burden and inhibiting nature that it was affecting productive activity was not comparative. You remember when we had taxes on things like cutlasses and, you know, limited, I mean, some, 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 some kind of activities that you wanted, but how much money are they going to raise from this in the first place? And how will it therefore negatively affect productive activity? Those were the nuisance taxes. When we assumed power, and the records will bear us out, we removed, in fact, the word that was used was abolished. We abolished those um, nuisance taxes. What is being introduced now? A 1% NHIL levy to ensure that all the borrowing we've had to do for COVID-related matters, whether from the World Bank or the IMF, the COVID-related expenses that are ahead of us in the medium term, the medical infrastructure we are building, 101 Agenda 111, can be funded without blowing our deficits beyond where it is and our debt stock beyond where it is. That certainly, with the greatest of respect, cannot in any way be described as nuisance taxes. It cannot. It cannot be described as a nuisance tax. So there's a clear distinction between, for example, when taxes were imposed on some of those items, which was ensuring that activity or productivity was not going on, but it wasn't yielding much, as against today when we say that we are uh, tweaking the road tools and benchmarking to inflation so that resources can be raised to ensure that the road fund is properly funded and therefore, road projects can continue and deliver for the Ghanaian people. That is not a nuisance tax in any way. Well, Those two are very different. Mr. Fawson? Evans, um, um, first of all, Godio made a point that I, I totally disagree with him. 
One, he made a point that um, from 2017, the country went on that uh, fiscal consolidation path until COVID actually happened, and then they had to uh, change it. But could you let me make a point? There's a need for you to make a clear distinction between COVID-19 impact on the economy and your own mess. In fact, if you are to look carefully, you will notice that clearly Ghana never went on fiscal consolidation path. And even, let me make that clear. Ghana never went on fiscal consolidation fund, uh, path since 19, uh, 2017. Even this is because I have never come across anywhere in the world where you go on fiscal consolidation path and then debt is actually increasing. If the two must be held together. Fiscal consolidation part must give you debt sustainability. But only in Ghana, under President Akufuado's Ghana, where they claim they are consolidating, yet debt is increasing at an alarming rate. And I tell you why. Why? Because they haven't been sincere to the people of Ghana. You prepare... Today they've told us about that You know why? They have classified things like energy sector payment below the line and hid it as amortization. And yet it's increasing debt. Instead of them classifying it as expenditure and increasing the fiscal deficit, they are failing to do that. They are actually classifying uh, the banking sector cleanup as a different item. In some cases, they treat it as if it's a footnote, yet it's increasing debt. All of them are part of the deficit. And so they create impression that fiscal is actually consolidating, but it's not consolidating. And that is why it has not yielded the results. They should first agree to that. Evans, he made another important point that a 30% rebate is substantial. It isn't. It isn't because this sectors that they are trying to target are already struggling. In fact, about 80-90% will not make profit anyway. 80-90% of the people they are talking about are not going to make profit anyway. They are going to run at losses. So it's moot. And it's a percentage that you, you 30% rebate on the taxes that you pay. So if you, if you fail to make profit, you are not going to pay taxes and so that there's no 30%. So they've done nothing. At the back of the envelope calculation, they've done virtually nothing. The hospitality industries are nose diving. In fact, uh, travel and tourist people are not traveling that much. They are not making that profit. And so, why, why do you say 30% re- rebate is something significant? It's not. They want proper stimulus. And I expect that the government should give them proper stimulus. I, I, need, to ask again, you, I need to ask you this, Mr. Tafos, again. And this is just on the back of what we are all experiencing. You admit this current crisis, the COVID crisis, is a sort of crisis that no country has ever experienced before is new in terms of its impact even its impact has never been felt before on yeah. economic level etc this this is it, a whole it, new it level of crisis correct yes um let me put it this way and it begs the question covid 19 has had some impact on the Ghanaian economy some impact but that impact can never be the same as the impact we see in great britain for instance or the united states of america you cannot quantify the two to be the same in the case of Ghana, COVID-19, the actual impact has to do with small businesses and some households because they've lost their jobs. At the governmental level, the impact that we see is not because of COVID-19, but it's indeed because of the mess created by government policies. Nothing more than that. And that is why I've made, consistently made that point. The government cannot hide behind COVID-19 and, and, and then obviously create impression 
that COVID-19 has is the one that has given us this po- but, but, uh, but uh, the IMF World Bank will predict the challenges but, but, on this but economy. But they did not predict that uh, 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 COVID-19 is the one that... I, I guess my other question economy. to you is, if you, if, you, if you were still the finance, at the finance ministry today as part of government in 2021, right? You say that you will never touch taxes as a way of raising revenue to deal with the crisis that you're in. Evans, even if I'm confronted in a situation to... Currently, if you were to, currently... To, to, the to, to implement a tax policy, I will not be that insensitive. So you say... But just, just, just a clarity. I will not be that insensitive. You, you will not have touched any tax. You will not introduce one and, in, and increase any. Evans, I said that I have never witnessed one single tax, uh, uh, budget statement that has so much tax policies. So, and so, never so your point is that never happened. You, you, so you, you may have touched taxes as a way of raising revenue, but not, not, not to this extent. Is, events, that, a, is, that, a, events, is that the argument? I wouldn't have. Uh, at all. And so I'll you wouldn't have touched taxes at all? I, I will tell you what I would so have. So you raise revenue I, purely I, I, from I, I, what? I would, Borrowing adopted, and I would have adopted compliance measures. Compliance measures that necessary does not that does not necessarily mean increasing taxes because this is not the time to introduce. So taxes. purely, so purely two means reducing waste, cutting yes, waste, yes, improving efficiency, yes, and borrowing. No, I, I'm not talking about borrowing yet. I'm 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 yet to go there. Let me let me tell you something. So so those are the measures no, 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 that no, you have you without you attack, say, attacking, attacking. I would first of all huh, introduce cut in expenditures that I believe is not yielding to growth. Two, I would have introduce compliance measures to boost revenue. Because events, some of the taxes that government has introduced today will actually distort investment decision. Investors look at their bottom line. For instance, the banking sector that you are trying to tax at 5% additional corporate income tax, they want to look at their bottom line. If you are to increase taxes, it influences their decisions. And if you are not careful, it will introduce debt with costs. Mm. And it will be very inefficient in the economy. So in the end, the impact will be zero. This is not the time to do that. This well, is the time most countries are trying of... to introduce stimulus packages for businesses to do well. This is the time that businesses, uh, governments across the world are giving some handout to people who have lost their businesses and jobs as a result of COVID-19 pandemic. Yet, in the case of Ghana, what this administration seeks to do is to take from the ordinary people, households, let me I don't think that is the way to Mr. Bonkuma, yes. I mean, so, I mean, first of all, um, my good friend Atua has not put any proper alternative on the table. He talks of compliance measures. I'm not sure he can tell you that in his tenure as Deputy Finance Minister, there was ever a year, a single fiscal year, in which compliance measures alone yielded more than 1% um, of GDP extra in terms of revenue. In this budget, you will see compliance measures listed. But at when I know that compliance measures will not necessarily yield 1% extra of GDP. For example, in this, and it talks of stimulus, in this season as COVID started, let's not forget what we've done with the CABAS facility, over 600 or 700 million already dispersed, more on the way. Let's not forget what we've done in terms of water and electricity uh, for the Ghanaian people. In this budget, you also notice when you look at the fiscal tables, and I'm sure that when we get into the full analysis of the fiscal tables, maybe if next week we have time to come to your studios, we'll go into it. You'll see cuts in expenditure items. 
So all of these things, they're already in this budget. They are not new. They are not alternatives he's suggesting. Any government at this point with 11% deficit, with 70-something percent debt to GDP, you have to raise revenue. You have to find revenue measures that don't overburden the population, but allow you to raise to the question of fiscal consolidation, I respectfully disagree with Atto that we never consolidated. That cannot be correct. If he suggests that we were miscategorizing accounts, which is an argument they have made in times past, then what he's saying is that the IMF is the one that has been miscategorizing accounts. <laughs> because the categorization of footnotes and below the line for the extraordinary items that we have been dealing with in the last two years or so was not introduced by us was introduced by the IMF that was brought into town by my good friend Atus team. They were those when we started that accounting, that categorized it that way. And then the argument was subsequently made that we should change the categorization. And we said, no, we are not going to change that categorization because what is the fiscal consolidation pass about? It is about trying to understand your regular expenditure pattern and how it relates to your income pattern. And that is the reason for which they, the IMF, categorized it below the line. Because it was not part of our regular expenditure item. So what is changed? For which reason that now that the IMF is no longer in town, we should change the formula again and now come and add it to our regular income and expenditure and financing. I understand this argument when he says that it must be connected to the debt stock. That's a fair argument to make. It's a fair argument to make. But the reality is that this categorization is not by us. Is by the fund. Mm-hmm. And so I this disagree. fiscal consolidation part that we were on from 2017 to 2020 is real. It's not a phantom idea. It's not artificial. Today, where we are, any government interested in pulling the brakes, not allowing the current global challenges. And let me quickly read to you from the World Bank, very briefly, in, in, in some 10 seconds. The World Bank published the global economic outlook during the COVID-19 pandemic. And it says that the pandemic is expected to plunge countries into a recession in 2020, with per capita income contracting in the largest fraction of countries globally since 1870. How can we argue that that applies to the UK to a certain extent, but does not apply to Ghana? I think that we must be fair. We all know where we have all come from and where our country is today. We need to rally around the flag and work towards raising the revenues. But most importantly, the Ghanaian people, the media, the opposition, civil society groups, have to focus government's attention on using the revenues that are being mobilized for the purposes for which we have advertised. Yeah, I mean, b- back to the, I guess, the bread and butter question. Do, do you at least admit that these tax increases will leave the most unregulated um, in a far more difficult situation than they were last year. Evans, whenever you say you are building a church in the village and you are asking everybody to contribute one city for construction of the church or construction of the local chips compound or construction of the local market, what it means is that people's net, all things being equal, people's net in their pocket will be worse off than it was the day before, when everybody pays one city to build the local chips compound, or one city to build the local market, or one city to build the local water pump, they are net, all things being equal, ceteris paribus, will be worse off than it was the year before. But the question is, did the local assemblyman take the money and run away with it, or did he build that water pump so that we have higher value today 
than what was left in our pocket. And that is why I'm suggesting to you, with the greatest of respect, that where we are now, everybody has to pay one CD for us to build the local chips compound or the local pump. Because we cannot keep waiting three weeks for the water tanker to come from um, afar off. But the question and where we should focus our attention is that when we are finished paying the one CD each, does the local water pump or the local chips compound get built? If it doesn't get built, we are all justified in venting our anger on government. But at least, at least you admit built, in the interim, the Ghanaian will be worse off on the, on, on the back of this budget. You, I have explained to you that once you pay that one CD, your net, Ceteris Paribus, will be worse off than the day before. But the question is, do we get the water pump? If we do, then we are better off. Uh, to very briefly, because I want to bring in uh, a few of our friends to okay. join us on Ghana Connect yeah. uh, and, and Kojo is still on, because uh, mm. we've had this conversation mm. a lot about the taxes, mm. but I want people who are directly affected by both the taxes and the incentives to now engage yourself and Kojo. So give me your quick quick if, thoughts if, on, if, on this. Evans, if, 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 um, a very quick one. Um, let me disagree with Kojo when he says that it's IMF that brought about that classification. In fact, if you are to look at the last Article 4 published by the IMF, they showed IMF's classification and that of Government of Ghana's classification. And then they said that this is IMF classification, and that is in line with the argument that we are making. And they said, however, Government of Ghana decided to classify their fiscal based on this, and so this government classification. But for them, it doesn't matter because the value is the same, because in the end, it is going to increase the public debt. That is the argument. So he should not blame it on the IMF. It's government of Ghana's unconventional way of calculating the no, fiscal. No, so that's not fair to the government so, of Ghana. It, it, it's I not our unconventional. You, you have agreed that it was a fund that introduced the framework. let me make that point. I think I've made that point clear and he, he can check it. We'll take up the debate in, in Parliament. And Evans, I can assure you, going to Parliament, I'm going to track the fiscal path in the last seven, uh, 2017 to 2020 and prove to Ghanaians that this administration did not, did not consolidate. Would you vote for this? Would you vote for this budget? Oh, even, I, I think it's early for me to conclude that we are going to vote for it or, or vote against it. But the way it is, I mean, clearly it doesn't give me hope. This budget is a better budget. It's better like bow. You know, in fancy we, 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 we call it um, boring. This is boring budget. It's so bitter. And, and I, I don't think Ghanaians are, 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 are in a position to absorb this hardship imposed on us by President Ekufuado and Vice President Baumia. Uh, um, I, I want to make it the transition to Ghana Connect, but there's a, there's a question that a lot of people who are driving home today are asking that I can't uh, end this segment and make a transition without asking. And it's about something that we all experience. It's the road tolls that we cannot expect to go up. Um, a lot of the listeners of centers messages to ask we've seen the road tolls go up but our roads are still in terrible shape in fact the irony is the roads are even worse around the toll where the toll booths are and that what is the justification after years and decades of experiencing that uh, for another increase in the road toll why why should we believe that this is going to be different under your administration so first Ato says that this budget is a bio budget I think it's a burden-sharing budget. We have come to a point where we have to share the burden, and that's why this conversation is taking place, that everybody chips in a little for the greater public good. How do we know that, uh, for example, the road tools will be applied for the purposes for which it has been advertised? When, when it has never been, you know, you drive on the roads, you see it all yourself. We drive through the portals and we all scream and get upset. But this is a democracy in which different people make promises to us and we invest hope in their promises. 
And in the end, we expect that the promises that they have made to us, they will fulfill, or at least demonstrate to us to a large extent that they are fulfilled. When President Akufuado said he was going to do free SHS, the argument was that several president have failed as what was he would do it. He did it. If today, through his minister for finance and his minister for roads, they are asking us to pay extra so that the road fund will get more resources, so that the roads agenda, after was talking about liabilities to contractors, we need to get money in the kitty so that we can pay these contractors. I know contractors who are working on my road in Ofuansi who have not been fully paid. They've been paid part of their money. They haven't been fully paid. Where do we get the money from? If we pay extra for road tools, I expect that contractor to be paid so that he can finish that road. Yeah, but, 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 but you understand the skepticism of people listening Absolutely. to you tonight. Absolutely. Because people politicians before you for decades have said exactly what you said as a justification people, for road tools going up. The people of Ghana don't do are 100% it. Uh, on the ball when they say we are skeptical. Politicians, we must be candid with the people. The people are 100% on the ball when they say we are skeptical. But I'm telling you that there's a president in the city today who has demonstrated to you that to a large extent his promises he's fulfilling. So if today he, his finance minister, his roads minister are telling us let's pay more and let's see a more aggressive roads agenda, I would invest my trust in him and, and keep my eye on the roads minister, keep my eye on the finance minister. I'll be happy if Joy News, for example, or media is tracking how much has come into the road fund, how much is being used to service the liabilities of contractors. Is it going on? As was promised, because we are paying so that, like Atu says, we can pay off the contractors and do the roads agenda more aggressively. I'm sure Atu agrees with me that we don't need to go and borrow some more for it or mortgage this and go and take money from a bank like was done in times past. We need to chip in a bit more, but what we have to do it's all of us to get interested in following up. So month by month, how much was raised? How much was used to pay the contractors? Are the contractors on the road? Are they doing the routes as we are paying them to do? That is where the democratic conversation takes us. If not, then it will be business as usual. Okay. Um, so it's time now for you to interact with us on this. Uh, Ato is here. Kojo is here. Uh, is it for you a case of a better budget or a bedding sharing budget? Where do you stand on this? This is Ghana Connect. you want to join us uh, for this next segment, send me your WhatsApp messages 055-1111-997 At forcing is here. He's been the Deputy Finance Minister. Before you've heard him on this, uh, Kojo Ponkrumah is the government's uh, Chief Spokesperson, the Information uh, Minister. Uh, he will take your questions on the budget as you've heard it. Uh, we're going to hear from business people. Um, they are, a bit of them going to take the bedding of the uh, taxes, but also the incentives. But the ordinary Ghanaian, it's most important. We'll hear from uh, uh, Guta, uh, We'll hear from uh, uh, the Hotelers Association. They've giving some, they're getting some incentives. Uh, uh, Godfrey Dabugri is a GPL to you. They'll also join us uh, with your thoughts uh, on this on this matter. Because, of course, the petrol prices will go up. But what about you? Because this will affect everybody. Uh, everybody pays a little bit when it comes to uh, fuel. Uh, why are you pitching your tent? Who is convincing you on the budget? 
the better budget or the bedding sharing. I'm both saying client come, but I don't get credit on my phone. I beg, I go for you, your phone. I'm laughing like killer. In this day and age, your excuse for not making that call is that you don't have credit. Oh, then you are not a Vodafone customer. Because you get a boozing 500% bonus anytime you buy credit via Vodafone Cash or Vodafone Credit Transfer. It's like you didn't hear me well. 100%, 100 100%, 100%, 100%, 500%. Hey, my friend, my friend, you don't have an excuse, oh, excuse to Vodafone. Ready? Hey, I say, mix the cement in correct proportional. Ah. Hey, contractor. Hey, what can you? What is so? Yeah, my landy. That's what I say. What do you change the year of return on casa? Hey, contractor, a dinner wasting ye. Which one may feel it too much? Who project ya? May flame a gasem from top to down. If you are a gasem, a yes solid pa. You see gasem, and for supreme, no one do. On your quality, no question. You see gasem cement, and you put your woman on packaging up. On no, a hala. If you over 5,000 in your share, no more schools, no more clinics, on your donation. Never compromise on quality. Choose the value. Gasm offers you always. In these uncertain times, stay safe and follow all the COVID-19 safety protocols. Gasm, the nation builder. Our 130-year journey at Allianz has seen our operations growing to cover over 92 million Allianz customers in over 70 countries worldwide. Allianz Life Insurance Ghana, a subsidiary of Allianz Group, has put together a wide range of insurance packages to suit the pockets of every Ghanaian individual, family, group, corporate body, as well as their employees. Kindly call us on 030-2267-892 or 059-144-9686 or visit our website www.allianz-gh.com for more inquiries. Allianz Life, we secure your future. hard for your money and that is why we are constantly creating more secure and innovative ways for you to keep your money safe everywhere you go. Experience a safer and more secure way to do all your transactions with MTN Mobile. Present your national ID, voters ID, NHIS card, passport, driver's license or your SNIT ID card. Whenever you visit any Momo agent's point, keep your transaction safe and secure everywhere you go because we are good together. Remember to present any of these valid national ID cards for all your Momo transactions at agent's points beginning from Friday, 2nd April 2021, everywhere you go. Our 130-year journey at Allianz has seen our operations growing to cover over 92 million Allianz customers in over 70 countries worldwide. Allianz Life Insurance Ghana, a subsidiary of Allianz Group, has put together a wide range of insurance packages to suit the pockets of every Ghanaian individual, family, group, corporate body, as well as their employees. 
Kindly call us on 030-22-67892 or 059-144-9686 or visit our website www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Alliance Life, we secure your future. It's important to create a productive and supportive working environment by investing in your employees' health. With a leading international track record, Apex Health Insurance is regulated and licensed by the National Health Insurance Authority to provide medical insurance services to institutional clients, families, and individuals. Apex Student Package and International Medical Solutions are all here to cushion you. Visit Apex Health Insurance Office at Zion House, Boundary Road, Shiashi or call 0501-683-914 or 0232-000-015 in Kumasi. We are located opposite Prempe College, Sofoline and in Takradi, Apex Health, your preferred health insurer. Hope you have heard rent to own now in Ghana. The Plant City Extension Project Rent to Own Land and House Ownership Scheme by the Ningo Pram Pram District Assembly and its partners supported by the Ministry of Local Government and Rural Development and the UN Habitat are right here in Ghana. So be smart though because where you trade and live really matters. Apply now and own a home or a fully serviced land. Wait a minute too. Don't forget to join our affiliate housing cooperatives also. Special offers last until 31st March 2021. Call us on 055-55-3300 or 0577-911101 and 055-70-54635. Website, newaccra.city. Plant City Extension Projects, shaping Ghana's urban future. We are talking about the 2021 budget. As you've heard from the information minister, there's something in there for everybody. But you've also heard from um, Dr. Kesalatoforsing, who also stresses that the uh, tax increases uh, will make this very better for many of you. Um, And indeed, if you're just joining us and haven't listened to the budget, there are a few... Uh, new taxes that have been intru- introduced, but also uh, a, a raft of new incentives, including tax rebate, tax stamps, suspension of qu- quarterly income tax installment payments for second, third, and fourth quarters of 2021, vehicle income tax, suspension of quarterly installment payments of vehicle income tax for third and fourth quarters of 2021 for Trotros and taxis as part of measures to reduce the cost of transportation. We'll hear from the GPRTU on this and others shortly here on Ghana Connect. 
in front. Let's do that now. I want to hear from you out there who are joining us on many social media platforms. What are people saying, Ernest? So this one says, uh, would we ever have a time where the opposition party will support the budget of the incumbent party in Ghana? Maybe in our dreams. They are all the same, so insensitive and highly predictable. Eventually, the minority will go to parliament and approve it. Of what use is it that they argue uh, on this in the public domain? This one says, this is a bitter budget. Where did the politicians get the monies they splashed around during the election? Uh, another message here says, indeed, the African politician can mobilize all the money in the world for election, but none for development for its people. Uh, thanks. That's uh, Patricia in Accra. This one here says, uh, Theo from Legon Evans, please ask Kojo Ponkuma if they told Ghanaians during their campaign what they were going to, uh, whether they were going to share costs as part of their governance. Uh, that's coming from Theo. And another one here says, Evans, have you seen uh, when the ostrich... Uh, have you seen the ostrich we've been playing in this country? Uh, it is sad. Corruption has taken over. And finally, this one from Ernest Nadenta says, How can we be slapped with such a harsh budget at this time of the year in this economic situation? Okay, so that's all. Those are a few of your messages. Um, and uh, former finance minister Setekbe uh, and uh, Dr. Kesato Fossin was his deputy back then. Also, he's listing. He says, uh, he asked a few questions for Mr. Ponkrumah. Uh, he says, Mr. Ponkrumah argues for removing energy and bank uh, bailout costs from the computational deficit and debt. Does he agree that those arrears are paid out of ESLA? Uh, if so, why in uh, ESLA inflows is normal revenue but exclude ESLA outflows? Also exceptional from calculation of the headline deficit debt. Uh, he says, since they compare borrowing back to Jack, that's John Ajakum Kufo, is he aware that Jack and Mills added HIPIC raised receipts and subsidy and Mills? Mahama did same for single spine. Why not ex- exclude for the two presidents to make the comparison fairer? Uh, those are his thoughts on the matter. Uh, I want to bring in um, my, my friend from the uh the roads uh the gpr to you gofford uh joins us on the telephone line right now hello gofford hello gofford yeah gofford thank you for joining uh connecting with us on this very important matter i'm sure you've you listened to the budget um there's going to be a, a total increase of 5.7 percent in uh prices of petrol and diesel but you're also going to get some incentives. So there is a suspension of quarterly installment payments of vehicle income tax for the third and fourth quarters of 2021 for truck trucks and the taxis as part of measures to reduce the cost of transportation. Where do you stand on the budget? Yeah, thank you, uh, Ivan. Um, unfortunately, I was uh, on the vehicle from uh, Accra coming to Borga this the whole of the morning. So I never had the chance to actually... Uh, I watched the presentation, but what I have just read on the Joe Evam on my on my Facebook page is what I can just uh, comment on a little. Looking at uh, the, the the package for for drivers, we from uh, GPA to can confidently say that it will help us a lot. In the sense that even if I thought we have gone to uh, request from government over the COVID-19 fund. How will they give it to us? And how effectively will it reach every driver on the private sector? But with this package, that has a, a, a relief of the payment of this uh, income tax for two quarters. I think so. It is something 
which has just uh, touched and spread to almost every commercial truck truck and taxi driver, except the long-distance uh, buses or coaches. Okay. And uh, for, for us on the private sector, we think when you are lobbying or you are making a request to government for some uh, sort of a cushioning over some of these uh, difficulties, if you have this as a first package, you will have to appreciate it and still ask for more. And in this regard, we think having all our members to hear this, it is something that they know that their government equally also listens to the private sector, especially the transport sector. I see. Uh, Mr. Ponkrumah, are you on the line, sir, with me? I, I think we've lost Mr. Ponkrumah on the line. Have we? Okay. H- Hello, Mr. Ponkrumah. Hello, sir. Okay, we've lost yes, it. Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to the GPRTU. Um, uh, I'm sorry, there's been a bit of break, so break. I couldn't follow it. Okay, I mean, he, he's he's actually saying that um, your incentive, he welcomes your incentive. He says it's good news for, for him um, yeah. on, on the matter. But let me ask you before I even bring you in. Uh, Godfrey, you yeah. say you welcome the incentive, you applaud government, but what about the 5.7% increase in petrol and diesel? Yeah, that's why I said that. When you are making a request, it's not everything that you get. I said that. The, the, the increment on the fuel, it is something that we have a procedure that we never have to approach the transport ministry. And then we all dialogue on that. Now, we haven't gone to that stage yet. But if government has gone ahead to give us another relief or waiver of the tax, and I said that, effectively, that one descends to almost every commercial driver from the total of the taxes. But when we now go on another tangent, to do the additional lobbying on the uh, fuel adjustment side, then uh, that's where we can put up another request. So, so if I get you right, what you're saying is for the GPLT and yourself as a driver, overall, this budget is positive for you and your members? We can see that. Okay. Mr. Ponkrumah, your reaction to that? Well, um, I think we have, in all humility, made the point that we understand that we are in a difficult place as a country and we need to walk a fine line between raising the revenues and not overburdening the people. We appreciate the feedback from uh, GPIG, as you have shared with us. We're also mindful of the fact that when it comes to the um, uh, petroleum adjustment, it's not for public transport only. So you are getting a broader base that is contributing, and then you can also now offer an incentive to a smaller base that has been very significantly hit by the COVID. And as we mentioned, they have other things that they will be interested in speaking to us about. This democracy is a continuum. We have to continuously engage and how much can be afforded or shared by all of us. We pick it up and move forward. Uh, Dr. Kezatofosa, it appears that the um, GPLTU is leaning more towards the Kojo Ponkrumah's bedding sharing instead of the better budget. I, I, I don't know who spoke. Um, from go ahead. So, sorry, I'm, I'm not hearing him. Can you fix that for me? I can't hear his microphone. Please go on. Please go on. <laughs> I don't know who's. I, I'm, I'm yes, not let's just sure. the microphone. Yes, I'm we can hear you now. Sure who spoke. So he's the. Let me. He's the. Um, this is uh, Godfred Abu Abu Biri. He's the GPLT National General Secretary. Okay. So um, the General Secretary of GPLT obviously has made his point. Um, my argument is simple. Yes, he, spe- he speaks for his group. He's entitled to his own opinion as well. So he's made his general statement. But he seems to know more than I know because I sat in Parliament and I wasn't too sure that the minister um, categorically made a statement that those 
on um, um, high uh, long journey are excluded from it. So it seems he has been briefed well before uh, uh, this engagement, uh, and he knows what he's talking about. But I don't fault him. That is entitled <laughs> to his opinion. But 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 mm-hmm. events. But events. You can speak to non-executive members of JPRT and also know their view, not just necessary people at the top, but they are ordinary drivers, and it's important you can speak to them. So you can have a fair view. Yeah, in fact, I want to announce the lines now again, 055-111-1997, more of the social media, so we can get a a few more. So for me, my position still remains. This budget is better than bail. It's a better budget. The kind of tax policies in the budget statement today isn't good at all. Let's get, and, and I think it's let's get more practical uh, reactions. Let's bring in the Hoteliers Association. Edward is on Zoom. Hello, Edward. Hi, Hi great to have you, Edward. And uh, you, mm, one of those sectors most affected by COVID-19. Um, you've, I, I, I'm hoping that you've paid attention to the, bu- the budget. I did. Oh, great. So give me your short crisp reaction from the from you you run a, a hospitality industry yourself yes i do great give me your short crisp reaction to it good or bad well let me put it this way Evans, uh, this budget uh, did not uh, generate the excitement that i was hoping for and let me put it in context you know the hotels were one of the worst businesses in the wake of the pandemic as you rightly put it and uh, considering the fact that we play a significant role in the economy in terms of employment, uh, taxes, and levies, we pleaded for distress relief and the emphasis on distress relief package from the government to help us with salaries, taxes, loans, utilities, vendors, and so on. Unfortunately, we were lumped together with uh, other businesses in the MBSSI stimulus package. And we got drowned in the process because we didn't receive the support that we were looking for. And, uh, we didn't also get the free water, which the president promised us for for all Ghanaians. We were sidelined. Of course, we enjoyed a 50% discount on electricity for the April to uh, June. We didn't get a waiver on the levies that we asked for, on taxes that we asked for. So, you see, we're hoping that this budget would address those uh, issues. And uh, having survived the distress period, we're hoping that there will be the proper stimulus package at this time. Unfortunately, what the government did today in the budget well, is akin to giving a cramp of bread to a crying baby just to keep him silent for a while. It, it, it will be over to So this 30% uh, rebate, tax rebate, what business has been generated for us to get the profit for government, uh, for us to get the profit for that 30% uh, reduction on that, on that, on that profit? That business is not there. I mean, do you want to do you want to put that in a question for me? Because uh, thankfully, Mr. Ponkrumah, who is an information minister, is on, and uh, he's uh, gracious enough to, to to take it. Okay, honourable. We did not receive the hotels, the hotel industry, and the tourism. Let me put it to the tourism and hospitality industry. Don't receive any distress relief package. Neither did we get any significant support from the NBSSI. Even our upmarket hotels did not also 
benefits from any of the syndicate uh, facilities by the commercial banks. So, in a situation like this, how do you expect us to make business and then uh, get taxed? The corporate tax get a 30% discount on it. I, I don't really get what where the stimulation is in there. Okay. It doesn't stimulate anything at all, and I wish the minister would comment on that. Okay, so let's see if I can get him to comment on that for you. Mr. Pokman, please, are you there? Yeah, Evans, I'm here. Yeah. As I mentioned, I have difficulties in here. Oh, yeah. I so heard let- him well. He's saying that they did not get any significant support from the NBSSI. They did not also get any stimulus or bank loans. How do we expect them to operate and enjoy the tax rebate? Is that the question? Yes, fundamentally, they, they're struggling already. And so the tax rebate, 30%, I mean, if I'm struggling and not making anything, how do I benefit from it? Bottom line. So Evans, Evans, first of all, we feel the pain that they are going through because our constituents, our brothers and sisters are the ones who work with them in these organizations. It is when they work and they make profit that they pay tax to the republic, which we can use in running the state. So when they are in pain, we feel it. Now, within the basket of resources that was available, almost about 700 million Ghana cities worth of help was extended. He suggests that it was not significantly expended in the sector. But it appears that that is what could have been done at the time, albeit it's not completed yet. Remember that why they went through challenges is because... Hello, Evans? Yes, I can hear you. Why they went through challenges was because government had to impose measures that literally stopped their industry from functioning. You banned activities, people couldn't move out, people couldn't go to programs at their places, travelers couldn't move. That's why they are where they are. But for that, they will be operating, they will be happy, we'll be happy, they'll be paying taxes. Today, the government is doing about two or three things aimed at helping them get back on their feet. One, we are vaccinating, bringing in vaccines for free for people to be vaccinated so that you can open up the Ghanaian economy and their patrons and their uh, clients can all go back and they can be making money again. Two, while that is happening, government is saying that it recognizes that they have struggled. So as they are getting back on their feet, government is not interested in taking taxes from them um, in its entirety at this point in time. So that from the profits that they'll be making, they can plow back, they can save a bit of it to cushion them for what they went through. Is it 100% what they want? No, it's not. But government has attempted to meet them midway through the journey. Our hope is that we can quicken this exercise of vaccinating the population so that we can open up the Ghanaian economy again in full without any restrictions. And once that happens, they will not have to um, struggle. If we don't do that and we try an alternative, for example, that let us go beyond 11% to cushion them, our economy may even collapse. So it is in the midst of these ones that the managers of the economy have to take these decisions. I'll pray with my brother and his colleagues to bear with us. Let's succeed in the vaccination. Let's open up the economy so that they start making money and government is not taking in full that money from them. And they can keep and plow back a bit of that money. Uh, Edward, um, I'll come to you shortly. Um, Yeah, Edward. Well, uh, 
<laughs> the minister will certainly say what is the interest of government, but uh, with the hotel industry specifically, Evans, the challenge is that what do we even have now to build upon? Because we had issues with salaries, and some of the hotels had to borrow to pay salaries because the workers were on their neck for their salaries. The hotels have gone for loans in the year of return to upgrade their facilities, hoping for beyond the return. We had vendors and suppliers who are giving things on credit in the hotels for, for, for their payment. Indeed, there's really nothing to build upon. And that is what we were hoping that government would be able to support us to do that. And like I said, when I said I talked about there was no significant uh, uh, payments from NGSSI, if you run a hotel and you need, say, a million to do some of these things, and you are giving 20,000, I mean, (laughs) how significant is that? You request for 50,000, I give you 5,000. How's that for a hotel? Yeah, so my point is that grouping us under NGSSI was a mistake to begin with, and unfortunately, nobody was to listen to us with regards to that. Oh, we're not listening to because our case was different. Mm. The hotel industry is a it's a, a, a capital in. It's a capital-intensive yeah. uh, I mean, so, so, so I, I guess, uh, just stay with me. I want to bring in um, Mr. Forcing. Uh, I told you, uh, your I, I think I, m- I made a similar point um, earlier on. My agreement is simple. Let me put it simply. 30% of zero is certainly zero. I mean, 30% of nothing is nothing. The government has given nothing to the hospitality industry. Nothing. The rebate is absolutely useless. In the sense that they are not making profit and you expect them to pay 30% of something that they have not made, uh, to give you, you are giving them rebate of something that they have not made. So you've not given them anything. Kojo, in his argument, um, made a, a point, and his argument is that they are going to open up after vaccination, and then businesses are going to recover, and so in future when they recover, they will be allowed to get 30%. But I want to point to Kojo, you should read the Income Tax Act well. Our laws allows for carryover losses. So losses, and I think it's about two years or three years carryover losses. So if you make losses for year one, you can carry it over year two, year three. So all what they have put on the table is, is moot, nothing. It's cost 90. So please, they should go back to the table and give something back to the industry. If the intention is to give fiscal stimulus to the industry, they have failed because... Thirty percent of nothing is certainly. Yes, very briefly, Kojona, I can bring in a, a trader. Of nothing is nothing. That's true. We have not said that thirty percent of their previous year's taxes is what is being given to them. If you heard my argument clearly, I premise it on the fact that the government is investing in vaccinating the population so that we can open up for economic activity to take place. So that, for example, this year they make profit. If they make profit this year, which is our expectation, we open up. They make profit this. Hello? Yes, we lost you briefly. You're back. We're paying the taxes that were due them because these incentives are in place. And mind you, we are going to come to Parliament with the necessary, um, may I say, guidelines for the implementation of some of these things. And be it as it may, as my brother mentioned, if they can roll over losses 
from previous years, which is the case, and adjust it to this year. That further adjusts their um, um, taxable profit for this year. And then, based on that, these incentives kicking. So it is not true that they have not been given anything. I think sometimes we are in a haste to dismiss everything. What we should be doing is engaging the population to get them to understand the details of what is being put on the table so that they know how to benefit or appropriate from it. You in the media industry applied for, um, I mean, the media industry applied for a stimulus package. You didn't get anything. Currently, we are putting together um, a request for clarification in terms of the practice notes from Ghana Revenue Authority that when they say arts and entertainment, it affects you and it includes you. I'm very sure that when multimedia, assuming this is uh, clarified in the practice notes, and multimedia gets to save 30% of the taxes that you are supposed to pay, you will be pleased with it. So let us not do this thing of dismissing everything that they haven't gotten anything. So, but that's an important point. Let, let me let me let me sound a bit selfish here. So, so you're saying that the the definition of arts and entertainment will include media houses like ourselves. I'm saying that I even after today, after after budget was read today, the first thing I did in my office was to send that request in. That okay. The practice notes from Ghana Revenue Authority must clarify that organizations like yours are included in arts and entertainment. Has that and been that has that been accepted? Again. Has that been accepted when you sent it? Oh, in? I mean, today is when I sent it in for clarification. And okay. when the practice notes come from GRE, that that classification. Hmm. Oh, we lost him there briefly. Okay, let's try and reconnect because that is so important for us. I think um, we are getting the point there that we may it, it, just it be included in that entertainment. My, my argument is they don't need to write to GRE. The Commissioner General is more or less part of the Ministry of Finance. Yeah, I, I you know, but Kojo is Information Minister. I mean, yeah, he's so, saying that. So it's a phone call away. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what he says is done. So the, include media, include, you know, so, so, into it. Which is policy. a good thing for us, it's I guess. Policy. So you yeah. should find out if that is the case. Yeah. Because, um, just, just to clarify that. Uh, yeah. I, I, want, I want to quickly bring in a trader. I want to bring in a trader very quickly before we wrap up because it's a, they are key to this. Uh, Clement is a trader in Abosokai, correct? Hello, Clement. Hello, Clement. Clement is on Zoom. Clement, can you hear me? Okay. I don't think that Clement can hear me uh, because... Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, Clement. Yeah, can you hear Clement, me now? I can, can hear you. Hear I can hear you, Clement. Clement, briefly, briefly, what's your reaction to the budget as a uh, trader at Abosokai? Uh, no, Evans, Evans, you, if you say briefly, you know, this budget... You know, affect businesses a lot. So if you, I know, I know, I know, I know. For, 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 forgive me. Just, just give me. Just and give I'm me. Also, the vice president. Don't, don't, don't worry. Just, just give me your, your, your best in terms of your reaction to the budget. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You know, listening to the the the, the, the majority leader, uh, leader making the presentation, uh, there were some of things that uh, he talks, which I think uh, uh, will go a long way to improve uh, businesses, especially. Uh, the issue of the implementation of the Ghana case, which had to do with a uh, $100 billion uh, dollar that they are going to you know, uh, put into the system for a period of, of three, three years. I think that is a good, a, good, a good work. Then also, the construction of the Buankra inland project will also go a long way to help our brothers and sisters uh, doing business uh, up north. And also, they talk, uh, the minister also talked uh, about the fire insurance for commercial uh, centers like markets, I think that one also is also good. But what we find counterproductive is the one percent increase on the flat rate, the VAT flat rate 
as well as the 1% increase on the NHIS. Because already, people are not paying this 3% VAT rate. So if you go to increase it again, it will rather discourage a lot of people, you know, trying as, as much as possible to pay. So what we have always been telling the GRA is to try as much as possible to rob it. They are going to find it difficult to, you know, collect that revenue. And we think, Buta think, is counterproductive. So we have decided, you know, to sit, to engage government and see how best, you know, this issue will be addressed. Because uh, 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 this thing, Evans, uh, when this 3% issue, you know, came up during the time of uh, the late Bar Redu, Buta had a lot of engagement with the Ministry of, of, of Finance because by then he was the uh, finance minister. We even proposed 2%. And then they said we should start from 3%. Then as time goes on, if there's the need to bring it down, then we consider that. But this is a situation that it has rather gone up. And I can tell you, GRA is going to find it difficult you know, to implement this. And they'll find it difficult to collect this revenue. So I think it's counterproductive. And then also the 1% on the NHIS is also counterproductive, especially in this time of COVID that we find ourselves. Uh, this increment. Implement. Uh, Clement, I'm so grateful that you managed to summarize uh, your thoughts uh, for Guta into this. Uh, after you have uh, just a few seconds, I know you have uh, a key point that you want to make on the uh, on the debt stock. Um, and I know that uh, it's a big area, yeah. but give me a few seconds on uh, that and I get Kojo to wrap up. It, it, but, uh, but, but of course, this is a conversation that just started because this was just read a few hours back. On Monday, I'll have the two of you in and then we can expand this a bit more on PMX. Very, very well, what's your thoughts on the, it, on, on the, on the desktop? Can I just get a bite of what the Guta, Guta said, said briefly? Because uh, I really don't have, just yes, have a few no, seconds. I, I'm, I'm sure. just summarizing. Evans, um, fair point. My major concern has to do with the 3% flat rate. Even so ready, if you are to speak to the business community, there's huge evasion and avoidance on the back of the third point, flat rate, because it's not efficient. Unfortunately, the companies that are paying the 3% are going to suffer because of additional increase of 1%, making it 4%. So this singular policy is going to be very ineffective. It's going to distort the VAT and it's going to affect the revenue that we have, even though the very little ones that pays are going to suffer. Then on the back of public debt that we've raised the issue, Evans, it's scary. 76.5, you said? It is scary. To GDP. This is a government that inherited a public debt of about 56% of GDP. Now, they have, within a matter of four years, they have increased the debt by 20 percentage points. Unprecedented. From... 122 billion or 120.3 billion to 191.6 billion within a space of four years. Yet they tell us they were consolidating and they were on the path of fiscal consolidation. I mean, what sort of irony is this? I cannot understand this, and it's something that we have to interrogate it going forward. Okay, that's why I said if that is why I've always insisted that if you play politics with the fiscal deficit public debt will always expose you. you. Uh, Mr. Ponkruma, a, a quick point on the debt situation, of course, a subject that we're interrogating full uh, on Monday or PM Express. 
Obviously, my brother is trying to rephrase uh, His Excellency the Vice President. I'm not rephrasing <laughs> By you know playing with this deficit of public debt, but everyone, this is this is a political group that inherited nine billion Ghana cities total debt stock and moved it to hundred billion. Check the percentage change, and then check from um, where they were one hundred and twenty-two to where we are now, two hundred and ninety plus. It is not the same as almost that thousand percent increase that they did. The two are not the same. But even more substantively, because when we get into these comparisons, we will get political. I believe that. Um, the, 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 the point the president made that 137, 138 in parliament means that we should work more together and less from partisan postures. So more substantively, we take the feedback that business is giving us about why they think it will be difficult to implement um, an additional flat rate. I think what they are saying is that there are already loopholes in the 3%. I agree that those loopholes must be plugged. And we're of the view that in addition, to plug in those loopholes because mind you one of the measures we have introduced is compliance is in this budget so close those loopholes we'll be happy to hear the ideas on how to close it and we believe that for the period one percent extra to help us stop the bleeding clean up our books invest more pay the contractors a lot more get infrastructure moving a bit more get um, energy legacy debts cleared off our back investment in industry will be good for the Ghanaian economy Mr. Pankrumah, thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Kesatsa Fossey, I'm grateful uh, that you joined us. I mean, this is just the beginning of a very, very heavy uh, budget. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, news file tomorrow, the further, uh, you know, discussion on this. And then join us on PM Express, a very detailed analysis of the budget by ourselves. And Atul Fossey and Kojo Pankrumah will join us on the back of that to break this down further. Uh, let me quickly end by hearing a bit from you. And the boys will join me uh, with sports. Ernest. Says, I can best describe the budget as a killer budget. How much is the Ghanaian worker earning? And the taxes, we wrote everything. Should government even increase uh, salaries? Uh, this is from Peter uh, in Akuse. This one says, hi, Ghana Connect. I think that the things captured in the budget are not extraordinary. We must see concrete policy actions by the government to help the economy rebound to reflect in the lives of ordinary citizens other than flowery language. That citizen, Sika Togo from East Legon. And uh, Sakaman, uh, George in Sakaman says, I think I totally agree with Dr. Atuforsen. The government has smartly asked Ghanaians to pay for all the incentives they gave to us, such as water, electricity, and everything we enjoyed free during the COVID period. And this one says the budget is very bitter. When fuel prices keep rising, yet you slap a tax on it, uh, the cost of transportation will increase exponentially. On road tolls, I'll have, I'll have, uh, I'll have a thought on that. I would have thought that bad roads around the toll booths will be fixed before increasing the tolls. Uh, I'm baffled that when COVID is affecting us, we seek to increase taxes. That's Kelly uh, in Tekrade. And this one finally says, uh, Evans, trust me, Kojopon Kuma would have critiqued the same budget if it was in the opposition and NATO would have defended the bow budget if you were in government. Uh, all of these are jokes. They should leave us alone. Evans, uh, Pianko in Cape Coast. Thank you very much, NS. Well, the lads are now uh, taking over uh, with first take. Locker room. Okay. Um, so, you want to stay with uh, George Addo Jr. and the crew here on Joy 99.7 FM.
Hello, this is Morris, and I say keep on listening to Joe 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 Hello and welcome to the local room. Enjoy 99.7 FM. I'm George Adi Jr. We've got 52 minutes to bring you a special preview to the wonderful weekend to come. So much to talk about, but we're definitely going to be starting at the Confederation of African Football because it's regime change. We have a new man in charge, but there have been so many issues on the sideline and beneath that interesting elections that took place at the Kaf General Assembly that happened in Rabat, Morocco. Now, more to come here on our show. We'll be obviously talking to the, the BBC's John Bennett as we go through the big games to look forward to. And then we have another discussion uh, on the Black Satellites. I know some of you are looking forward to one or two names uh, in the Black Stars call-up or the Black Star squad when CK Akona finally releases that. But we're asking a simple question. Are we quite rushing? Are we, you know, rushing to put these boys where, uh, in the Black Stars when we're supposed to take our time with them? All this coming up on the show. But of course, we have to start from one place. And it must be at the Confederation of African Football. So let's get into the analysis right now. Joining me on set, of course, my colleague Muftau Nabil Abdullah, who's been following uh, the CAF election 